0: Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. So I just had a download. Hmm? A download. You know that's my way of saying I had something that was a thought provoking situation, right? So sitting there minding my own business and I just felt the oop, you got mail, right? In in the soul. And I'm like, now follow me it's going to sound out of the box but just let me kind of work through it because this is fresh off the press the thought was trauma makes you selfish right Mm mm-hmm just 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 follow me let's just let's just do it so i was like huh something that kind of go around the brain i was like trauma makes you selfish and i started thinking about Every person that I've known, my experience is isolated. Reading the people's trauma that I've known of, um, clients that I've worked with, and I'm like, man, there really are two outcomes to trauma. It's either replicating the pattern or going to the extreme portion of this will never happen again, right? Right? So, as you know, I want to go to the Ruta the tutor. Let's just take it all the way to Do Re Mi, L-M-N-O-P, right? So I'm going to usher in um, Bishop Dictionary, you know, from the um, New Oxford American Dictionary Ministries, if you will. And trauma's definition is essentially a deeply depressing or distressing, it says, a deeply distressing or disturbing experience a deeply distressing or disturbing, disturbing experience. Hmm. Okay. So then that made me kind of roll it around in my mind again. Trauma makes you selfish. So I thought about it. Usually when we hear about, and I'm going to go deep, so just come with me. When we hear about molesters, they have either been a product of that, meaning it happened to them when they were younger, or... Pretty much that's essentially the, the bulk of that one. I've always heard it to be, it happened to them. No one protected them, so they went on and forth and just kept reciprocating it and replicating the pattern. So the molested becomes the molester. That's a selfishness. There's a selfishness in feeling like since no one protected me, I'm now going to go ahead and violate other people. That is selfish. When you think about the abused spouse, then turning and abusing the kids. So because no one protected me from said spouse, and I feel helpless, I'm now going to beat on and physically, emotionally, mentally abuse the helpless as well. Right? That's a selfish mentality. The cheater. The cheater nine times out of 10 either was cheated on severely or watched so many people do it. You know, the men are seeing their uncles do it. You know, women just kind of feeling like, listen, I've seen, I got brothers. I've seen what it is. I'm going to go ahead and just, I'm going to get there before you get there. You know, I heard something so interesting one time. I had a woman real life tell me that she divorced her husband. Because she picked up the phone one day, the woman called the house, she thought it was the most disrespectful thing ever, because you know, we got cell phones now, what have you. And so her words to me was, since that woman broke up her marriage, she then decided she was going to break up other people's marriages. So she now sleeps with married men. I couldn't have made that up if I tried. I looked at her, and she looked back at me, and we had a back and forth exchange with stares. It felt like, you know, that that meme with Diddy and that person, that contestant. Yeah, we were staring back and forth, and it was just like I said what I said. And I was just like, wow. So you knew what it felt like to be on the other end of that line picking up the phone with someone calling your husband, and instead of turning that and making that a learning experience, let it make you stronger, what have you possibly repairing your marriage if she felt like that was the road that she was supposed to travel, but instead of being considerate of what another woman felt, you then said, nope, I'm hurting, you going to hurt too? Selfish. Selfish. When you really think about it, People who cheat, let's just say men for now, I'm just going to isolate them for a little bit. It's because no one taught you how to share your heart and distribute it in a way that's safe. Usually cheaters have severe mommy issues or severe daddy issues or there was a rejection somewhere that the only place that they feel any kind of value is in the arms of another woman, the bed of another woman, because that's the only time that you are valued. That you know what you're doing. You up, you sleep, you... And so to be able to rotate numerous women looks like I, I'm an option. I'm value. I kind of, I have a lot of people who want me, but yet and still you still have a father who never wanted to know any of your likes or dislikes. You had a mother who was too busy doing what she needed to do that she wasn't worried about you. So the only time that somebody shows you the attention that you've been craving and desiring all your life is when you lay laying next to someone who doesn't even know your love language. Hmm. You let that settle a little bit. The most broken of hearts, often they don't consider the emotions of someone else. They just say don't. And so that's the root of what I'm saying. Just the root of trauma is selfish. The jealous adult, oh my goodness. You know, when you was younger and you thought it was cute and you was like, he don't like me talking to no one or she get jealous every time I speak to you. So, you know, she don't like when I hang with my friends and yeah, you know, it was cute because jealousy was the equivalent when we were younger of, oh, you really like me. Like you like me, like me, like me. Okay. (laughs) Okay. No, now, yeah, that, that's a, um, yes, that's, that's not cute. That is a serious way of saying I was abandoned as a child, I was abandoned in my emotions at some point, and anytime something that I care about is outside of my arm's reach, I react in this way. Jealousy is a contained way when it's not violent. It's a contained way in the equivalent to a child temper tantrum. I don't you always hanging with your boys and blah 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 blah, blah. it's pretty much what you're saying because you could be an adult about it and say hey I feel like you know we need to spend a little bit more time together so free up your Saturday I want to go ahead and do a b and c right that's easier than Causing an argument and getting mad and causing a scene, and then now he stays. And low key, you're, you know, you feeling the remnants of the anger of the argument, but deep down inside, you feel good because you're like, yeah, he stayed. Boo. How old are you? I'm sorry. Like, I'm, how old? Yeah, that's, we're not doing that. We're just, we're not. You ever notice when certain people are pretty much different when they're angry? And that's because what trauma often does is it places a mask where you can't reveal truly what you're feeling. So sometimes anger serves as that platform of, okay, now I'm in an emotional state, aka I feel brave enough to be able to say the things that i wasn't able to say before so it's gonna come out and you know it's gonna it's gonna be reckless and and I never liked your mother anyway and you know what your breath last Thursday putrid and another thing and it's like woo, and you get to stabbing people with your words and stabbing you just as careless as you want to be and then when you calm down and you're done you feel better but you don't realize the massacre that you just created selfish get to a place that you are not assaulting people who never even knew you had ammo underneath all the, all that smile and niceness and that little cover-up surface level of what you're displaying as a character. Yeah, let that sit for a little bit. Anger shouldn't be your only source of bravery If you have to rally yourself up or get to a point or say, you know what, (laughs) my supervisor got one more time or I'm going ham, honey glaze, pineapple toothpicks on this situation. Stop playing with me. Really? Why does it have to wait till then? Why can't you just see off back? Yeah, you know what? (laughs) One time too many. I know myself well enough to know that if that continues, she going to catch me on the wrong. He going to catch me on the wrong Monday and he going to wish she going to wish it was a Friday point blank, the period. Okay. It is so much freedom to walk in and say, Hey, can we have a conversation real quick? Can I talk to you? Cool. Listen, um, I value my peace. And I also value my work and relationships. And I want to make sure that there's nothing here that's going to affect my productivity. So I feel like this is a conversation that needs to be had. Um, I'm going to teach you me because that's all I can do as I'm learning you. And how you spoke to me last Thursday, if we can kind of, you know, get to a better way of communicating um, when you're trying to give me constructive criticism. Okay, great because nobody likes criticism, right? But when you're giving me constructive criticism, um, I need it packaged just a little bit differently because you could be giving me some awesome, awesome points, but your delivery makes me want to send it back, return a sender, if you will. So, you know, as we're learning each other and doing this work environment, I just want to make sure that I am being as productive as I can be, but I also want to make sure that I'm hearing and receiving how you're guiding me Ooh, that sounds like an adult doesn't it right because no papers is is flying as per your last email we don't have to we don't have to why you typing so hard you're going to chip something don't do that you're gonna break a knuckle trying to why i'm not messing up my cuticle for no nobody okay but being an adult requires for you to just dig a little deeper a little faster. We're not going it this is not a a game slot where you just keep she putting a quarter, he putting a quarter, they keep putting a quarter, and you like one more quarter. (laughs) Yeah, it's gonna go down. Stop playing with me. You don't need to be brave behind anger. And it's just a matter of just knowing Trauma, essentially, is just an accumulation or an isolated experience that was designed to shape you, not define you. You see what I'm saying? It was supposed to shape you. Maybe you were a little bit too naive in a certain area. You just, fa-la-la-la, la-la-la-la, you know, just... You just you just in the, the field and the flowers and everything is grand and everybody is trustworthy and you leave your door unlocked and your ATM card visible and all is well. This is an exaggeration, but you get what I'm saying. And then it took for some kind of crook, some traumatized, selfish person to come in your life for you to go, oh. Okay, whoa, <laughs> whoa, um, that shook my world. Don't know how to respond to that. So we do what we need to do first. Uh, we go in the shell real quick. Like, hmm, back to the drawing board, eh? What's that about? No, don't go in the shell. Don't. I never been the same since. Stop giving sense such such a high value in your life. Ever since why are you giving it a social security number why does it live still no that's not how that goes it should be i gained wisdom from that situation and had that situation not come at that time i would have been living this whole entire life um miscrewed. so now i lock my door okay i got an adt system around my life okay And I'm a little bit more cautious of who I allow access to the inner parts of me. Whether it's my emotional, bringing people around my family, what have you. A little bit more cautious thanks to said uh, situation that occurred. Let it shape you. Don't let it define you. You know, ever since that relationship, you ain't been the same. And you know, ever since her mother died or ever since, no, 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 Listen, you better take the pen back out of the hands of ever since and say, I'm writing my story. You don't get to put commas and periods where God is still writing. You don't get to do that. That was just a real interesting chapter seven. Let's start chapter eight with it. You have so many other chapters you need to be writing trauma and ever since don't need to be the key components they're not the key characters in this life you are let trauma and all the other experiences thereof and uh sir ever since let those two things just be cameos in your life but we give them a starring role in the credits in every part of our life in the beginning and the end why are we doing that we're giving it too much power. Let it, ha- it. Trauma should really have, like if you ever looked at why people did certain things or why they were so driven by something, it is always nine times out of 10 connected to something happened to you and so you turned it for good and now you're making it a lifestyle. Like I remember hearing Joyce Meyer saying that her father molested her. And that she doesn't think she would have had the heart for people that she had if that didn't happen to her. Now, I'm not going to give her story away, but that thing is something to really just look at her like, wow. Yeah, that's only God, because there's no way the human, the regular human could have done that. You know, and everybody's story is not that deep or not that their wound is not that deep on the trauma side. But it should really be as I'm getting out in, of a certain storm, a certain traumatic experience, as I'm navigating out of that, I'm reaching back out and I'm making sure that I get someone else. Be the Harriet Tubman of trauma. And I love her. Ha- I'm just, the more that I'm learning about how she did, I'm just, I'm a fan. I stand Harriet. HT, you understand? Like I'm throwing it up. But the fact that she navigated out of a path that was not already carved out, that she navigated through it, achieved it, established it, and came back for those that she felt like, you know what, now I want you to have a taste of this freedom. Harriet Tubman with the trauma. Do you understand? Let trauma make you pave the way so that others don't have to suffer the way you did. And then on the flip side, sometimes trauma makes people bend over extremely backwards for their friends, their families, and everyone else that's in their circle because no one else ever did it for them. Those are the people that are truly genuine to their core and will run themselves ragged because they remember nobody else was there for me. So that's like that Harriet Tubman, but it's kind of perverted. It's a little bit too, too much excess on that. Because essentially trauma should provide the opportunity to help other people through the woods of their wounds. Mm. Can you visualize that? Like just for a minute. Can you visualize being in a super duper wooded area let's just make it let's say a rainforest of some sort you've never been through and you're in the thick of it and just feeling that hopelessness of will I ever get out of this why will I ever be able to talk about said situation and not feel like I'm getting ready to cry again will I ever get to a point that I can take the pin of emotions out of the story then sometimes it's that beat up feeling of I don't even know where to start you're looking all around you everywhere you see it's it's trees higher than you bigger than you everything just looks so overwhelming it takes the love and the want to of someone else to say you don't have to go through this alone and if you're that person that you don't have a physical person on earth that you can get that from, guess what? There's a God that said, I'll do it. I got the Holy Spirit ready, locked and loaded, Wait, ready for you to say, just, just say the word. Just say the word. And you'll instantly have a life guide. Instantly. Things will start to make sense and you're like, I don't, it's raining but I'm not wet right yeah because the protection through the trauma is something that only God can give the navigation even if it is a person that comes and helps you out God has to assign that person to you because you can't just have just anybody come to you you have to come to have someone come to you that understands you on your level they have to know either that pain firsthand which is extremely helpful or have been so close to it that they, they know exactly the ingredients to get out of that. Only the brokenhearted can can help the other brokenhearted. Only. Now there's sometimes wisdom can come in other forms, but Sometimes you, you you perk your ear up a little bit more when it's like you experienced it too, because trauma has this weird way of making you feel like you're the only one out of the seven billion people ever breathing. You're the only one experiencing this specified trauma. It's only you. Your fingerprint is identi you know just it's, it's out of this world different, and so is your circumstance. Really? that's a lie from the pit of hell that's not true if we were just to dig a little deeper we'll start to see that man it, I'm not I'm not the only one sometimes people aren't brave enough to tell you about their trauma trauma sometimes is a jail cell it just it, it makes people it's embarrassing sometimes you don't really want to talk about that stuff you don't when you tell your story you, you want to skip over that chapter but trauma has to be executed with wisdom. You got to make sure that when you are, if you are the person God is saying, "Hey, go help." You want to make sure that, you know, you're not telling everybody, you know. The chapters that were a little bit on the oof. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, this is this is uh this is heavy. But if you really are ready to leave trauma behind, God would definitely definitely send someone to help it may not come through a person all the time it may just come from a you may have a dream and God just gives you a strategy you may need to wake up and write that thing down immediately you know it's often a road untraveled for most because there's a lot of information on, it's not a lot of information on how to navigate through. It's just, it's not. That has to come from God or someone else who experienced it, like I said. But there's a ton of options on how to numb the pain, you know, through drugs, reckless behaviors, and all of that. It's, you know, there's just a plethora of that. And I've always believed that one of the fundamental legs to, just for an example, for like addiction... One of the fundamental legs that addiction stands on is the inability to handle emotional challenges. I think that, because I remember one time, another true story, was speaking to a client, and on the outside, looking in, she had it made. I don't understand. What's the problem? And then she just went off the deep end. And I had to talk to her a little bit deeper because I needed to understand how at that stature, that career achievement with this house and the car. And, I mean, the whole kit and caboodle, if you will. How is it that she found herself addicted to morphine? I just, I I wanted her to show me, per se, like, was there an entry drug and it had a little sprinkle? What form? Only time I've known of morphine is in a hospice setting. You know, like so I'm just, I was clearly confused. But the one thing that she said that shocked me was every time she feels like she's messing up. So at that particular point, she had a teenage son. He wasn't doing what he was supposed to do in school. She was a newly divorced mom, you know, so single mom of three. And she was just, she took a evaluation of where she was at in life and she just felt like this is too much that she wasn't doing well, that she was failing. She had a lot of emotional heaviness. And she said when she uses the morphine, it takes the heaviness away. And so then that feels good. And then when she comes to, and she realizes the trauma that she's inflicted, whether she didn't pay certain bills, cause now she's using all that money for drugs, whether she didn't come home and now everybody's looking for her, she starts to feel bad of, oh man, now she's the problem, so she goes back under the morphine again. And I said, man, so it's just an inability, maybe just for her, but it's an inability to have a handle on your emotions, to have you know, e- emotional intelligence or quotients enough to say, hmm, yeah, I need to talk through this. Or does she feel alone like nobody else on this earth feels like that? And so her only out, her only relief was morphine? We gotta do better at either, you're either on either side of the spectrum. You are a trauma survivor who's made it to the other side, or you are a trauma navigator trying to get to that side. And we need to reach back and help. We need to be the Harriet Tubman's of trauma. Like, I don't know how else to say it, but like, that's just pretty much what it is. Because oftentimes, just looking at all the things we said, so, you know, the cheater, um, you know, the molester, um, just all those different people who are just doing things in a selfish manner, oftentimes we're not waiting for people to love us enough to stop said behavior or to grow up. We're actually waiting for them to grow past their trauma He's never going to love you enough to love you right until he heals the heart that he's loving from. She's never going to be able to come back and be the mother that you need her to be until she heals her childhood wounds. You understand what I'm saying? We are expecting people to give us the freshest form of what we need from broken pieces within them. And that is unfair. And it, trauma doesn't have to be a one size fits all garment for the entirety of your life. You can shed it at any time. And that's pretty much what I just wanted to call it and say. And I was just like, man, when you unfold trauma like that, it's like, I never seen it that way. And that's the reason for these talks. I want these talks to be provoking enough to make you think about something different, to challenge your perspective on something that even if it's not politically correct bunny ears, that you have it where you're like, you know what? Just let let me be my own thinker. Let me dig a little deeper. Let me have a different heart set and a mindset when it comes to said categories. Because it's easy to look at said drug-addicted person or, you know, the promiscuous uh, serial cheater who says he was going to get it together. She says she wasn't going to do it again, but then she did it again. What we're really looking at is adult trauma manifesting through behaviors. So the next time that you're looking at someone that is uh, showing those behaviors, or if you just wanted to evaluate your own trauma, give it a different perspective and think of the woods. And if you are that person that you feel like, I feel alone, I don't know where to start, I don't know how to start, ask God. He'll send help when Moses said, you know I don't know how to speak I have a sister sister stutter he you know it's ironic the way the Bible read that oh here comes your brother Moses you know Aaron no I think God strategically knew you need help everybody great needed some help you're no different that doesn't make you weaker that doesn't make you oh you you're supposed to be past that that was 20 years ago so what I'd rather you work through it than to pretend like you're over it and it comes out of your pores through an adult temper tantrum. I'd rather. I'd rather you no longer have that pot boiling that you're spilling on people that don't deserve it. I'd rather. All of these conversations are intended for you to want to be a better person. All of these conversations that we're having are for you to look at people with a different eye, maybe having more grace, more patience, whatever, for other people. But entirely what it is for so that you can see things differently. And so when we have these conversations, it is a unspoken challenge that I'm going to speak now that you take this information. Now that you're armed with this, you have to do something with it. So you had, that means you got to be honest with yourself, get what God, whatever you need to do, go ahead and just do a true evaluation of, okay, so what side of the spectrum am I on? Am I navigating to get to the other side or am I on the other side and I need to go ahead and reach back for a brother or sister? But that's what life is. Someone started something, paved the way for someone to be able to enjoy the fruits of that. Your turn. you know no different. Whew. I know that was a little heavy, but it was a good convo. You know, a much needed one, it needs to be had. Because no one else is having these kind of conversations. No one else is provoking anyone else to try to be, become better. We grow older, but do we grow better? You see what I'm saying? Right, and so get to a place that you're like, I'm not gonna wait for something else bad to happen, for something else bad to happen and say, I can't take no more. Yeah, let's just do evaluations on our own. Every birthday is my particular thing, but I make that my evaluation time. Then New Year's boom, I do it again. My birthday just so happens to be in June, so I get you know mine just simultaneously, you know. But I love having these conversations because I know that the pain and everything else that we all go through, we're not it's nothing for nothing is either going to help people be greater or help you be wiser one of the two those are the only two options so i challenge you right now share this conversation with other people I know it's not the most enlightening one, but it is one to break the mold of the robotic. You know, we just, we're dressing the outside of us. You know, we got the new wigs and the new, you know, the the men toupees on a different level. Now he can have dreads and he was bald headed five seconds ago. Like, that's fine. We're doing all this work on the outside, but who's challenging you to do the work on the inside? i raise my hand for that. I'll do it. Even if it's unpopular, it's necessary. Even if it's unpopular, it's for your greater good. I don't want you to walk around stillborn. Walking around like the living dead. Very much have a pulse, but you have not grown in 20 years because of trauma. That's not what I want for nobody. So get off this phone. Do what you need to do because Every, before I call you at all, I pray over this thing so that when you hear me speaking, you hear God and that he tells you what you need for your own customized walk with him in your life. So I'm going to leave it here. You know what to do. I'm going to go ahead in this dining room and I'm going to finish the rest of my Spanish food because that taco salad with the shrimp is something to mouthwater about. Okay. But you, if you need me, you know my number, you can call back, play this conversation again, whatever you need, but you know what to do. I'm going to go ahead and get these scrimps, okay? I'll call you back. You know what that means? <laughs> Later.